Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Hey, hey, hey. Today I am super excited. We are interviewing Spencer Brassard. She is a mind-body fertility expert, a mama bear maker, and a certified life coach based in Canada. Spencer is a host of the Fertile Ground podcast, which has over 200,000 downloads and the creator of the Fertility Mind-Body Mastery program. She is here with us today to share her experiences and share with us a little bit more about life coaching and the mind-body approach to fertility and how stepping away from culture and turning towards your nature is going to help you to live this full life that you are thriving and desiring. All right, you guys, I have Spencer Broussard here that we are interviewing, and I'm super excited to welcome her to the Food Peace Please podcast. Spencer, do you want to just introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yes, absolutely. So I am a fertility coach, and essentially I teach women the mind-body approach to getting pregnant without it taking over their lives. And I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it's cold AF right now, but, (laughs) and I just got back from Hawaii a week ago, not even a week ago. So I'm like, you know what, can I just take the, uh, I should have gotten the round trip. (laughs) Just gone back and come back when it's warmer, please. (laughs) Seriously. I totally feel that. We need Mm -hmm. the break from like that winter weather. It's just... And it's even colder where you are than where I am. It is. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the biggest thing, can you tell us the difference between life coaching and therapy? Because I feel like this is something that like me as myself, like I probably didn't realize what the difference was. Um, And I think a lot of times women, we just don't realize what the difference is Mm -hmm. and that there can be benefits to one versus the other. Yeah, and the, the the main difference that I was taught in my certification through uh, Martha Beck is who I got it through, and she's actually Oprah's in Oprah's book club this this right, currently right now. So that's really cool. Her newest book, The Way of Integrity. Um, but basically, what she taught us is that therapy uh, focuses on the past, and therapy is very in comparison as potentially a. a doctor, like obviously a psychiatrist or something like that, is more like a doctor if you were to have a physical injury, Um, if you were to compare like mental health versus physical health, whereas a life coach is more like a physiotherapist and uh, teaches you how to like heal something that is that you're not like necessarily sick, right? And you don't need that Mm -hmm. type of professional help, but you want to be thriving. So I think what the difference is therapy might take someone who is, you know, mentally a little bit more um, you know, struggling a little bit more and then chooses to, or, or takes steps to actually make them just 
be able to wake up in the morning. Whereas life coaching, in my opinion, it really is a focus on right now and the future and being able to set goals and what you want and applying the tools, the psychological tools that I teach to get you there. And, you know, from my, in my own experience, Therapy is wonderful in certain aspects of healing that we do need, potentially going through some past trauma and, you know, being willing to kind of relive and expose yourself to that and heal from that, you know, and I still go to therapy once in a while, but coaching, you know, I have never stopped coaching and I've never stopped having a coach because it's so incredibly effective to thriving and like not getting caught in like the autopilot loop of life of just going through the motions and just doing what everyone else does and just being a part of this normal crew. I've always been someone who has never been cool with that. Like that I find really boring and mundane. And so life coaching really enables you to take the steps to create that future that maybe not a lot of people are, are willing to see or feel or experience. Um, of course, it's a lot of discomfort in that, but life coaching creates a lot of safety around that being okay and part of the process. So to sum it up, therapy is a much more of a focus on the past, whereas life coaching is presence and future. Yes. And you know, okay, so when you were saying that, I was thinking about, so um, I have done both as well and to divulge to our audience completely, but I am currently working with Spencer and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, man, sing <laughs> the praises like forever. <laughs> but you actually were my first experience with a life coach. Yes. So I had previously done therapy. Mm. So you tell and- me what was the difference. Yes. So I just remember when you like started, like I remember like when I was like DMing with you and you started Mm -hmm. saying different things to me to just like kind of challenge my thoughts and my beliefs. And I was like, oh, like that's when I realized like what the difference was. Like, yes, I remember in therapy, this is the biggest distinction in therapy. What I learned a lot was like, okay, you're anxious because you don't have a plan and you need a plan. So let's make a plan. And what's hilarious is like you have taught me the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you have taught me like how to how to be okay with not having a plan and like challenging those thoughts and beliefs. And it is much more future-based because when you challenge your thoughts and beliefs, you stop like worrying so much about like all the stuff that you can't control or all the stuff that happened that you you don't you can't time travel back into and and change right yes. like like Eckhart Tolle he's you know he's someone who I reference a lot in my work and I base a lot of my work off of and has inspired so much of what I do but he's like you can go to therapy for like your whole life and have a whole book of why you are the way you are but what point is does that what does that create for you in your present moment and in your future? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that therapy, there's not a place for it. Like I said, I still find a place for it. Um, you know, but it, that's exactly right. Like, I, I guess for me, life coaching is a little bit more aggressive. Right? In my opinion. Like, therapy is very safe. Like, very like, okay, this is how you feel. Whereas I have a little bit more of like, a tough love approach and challenging those thoughts. And I'm not challenging you. I'm challenging your monkey mind because I can mm-hmm. see the bullshit written all over. 
Yes. And like, honestly, I think for all, for me, I'll just speak from my personal experience, but like, that's what I needed is I, yes. I needed someone to like Same. call me out and to mm-hmm. be like, um, says who? Yeah. Like, like yes. I literally, I, like there's this voice in my head now that's like your voice, I think that says like, <laughs> says who? Like, yes. who told you that? Why, like, why do you think that? And it, <laughs> just and it's, because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. And your brain is a big fat liar majority of the time. Yeah. Like, because one of the things that you've said to me multiple times, and I like remind this like to myself often is like, are you just creating drama? Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's like your brain gets bored with, you know, if things aren't like constantly changing or whatever. And so it like makes things up in your head. But you're also used to suffering, not you specifically, but the human condition is really like used to just complaining and bitching over very little things because yes, we are bored and we're probably lacking, you know, purpose and joy and, you know, excitement in our lives. Not to say that that's what we're all driving towards and need all the time, but, and so we create drama. Mm-hmm. But you know what I love that you said so much, Susan, is like, I, you know, being okay, not knowing, like, that's one of the things I think I teach a big part of it. Um, and creating safety within your nervous system in uncertainty is like one of the biggest school skills that any human being could have. Yeah, because, and I think about like, you know, the fer- the fertility journey, of course, is like the catalyst for me yeah, and that me experience. Yeah. And like... But like you're like that is a skill that come on like when you get pregnant and I know you can speak from your experience but like like the drama doesn't stop like no and it does when not. you become a mom like <laughs> <laughs> like the worries don't stop like like so having that skill is it's life changing it is it is and you really do apply it to every area of your life and how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. Yeah. So you apply it to your yes. fertility journey. Oh, like for me, when I was on my fertility journey and I was starting my career and all of a sudden, you know, you start to gain a lot of, you know, monetary success in business as well as, you know, just exposure. And you're like, okay, holy shit, this is working. Maybe not necessarily towards my fertility journey, but I'm establishing worth in myself and okayness in the uncertainty in all the other categories of my life. And it, you build trust in the process through applying it to every category, not just one. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately we don't have like several different lives that we're living, right? Like right. we have one life. Yes. And it's a gift. As cliche as that sounds, it is. And I don't think we realize that enough. I don't think – I think we can get so caught up in the suffering that we don't even realize how – how beautiful life can be when we learn how to manage our minds, right? Because this, this, this thing inside of our brain can be a, you know, a, a tool to thrive or a tool to, like you had said, you know, live in the past, figure out why you are the way you are and constantly needing to, to fix and make better. Or you could just, like you said, learn to be okay in, in the not knowing space and the uncertainty and be where you are. Yeah. And, you know, talking about like the suffering and how that's kind of almost like what we think we should be doing, it makes me think a lot about our culture yeah. and like the thoughts and beliefs that are impressed upon us when it comes to culture. So, 
and I think that this is something that until you are like made aware of it, like you may not ne- necessarily recognize it, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so yeah, you're like before you were the actor and now you get to watch the movie and you're like, whoa, okay, yikes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Can you just share with us a little bit like when you talk about like culture, like what are we referring to? Well, I, you know, and again, this is referring back to Martha Beck and what I was taught, but it's culture versus nature. So culture is societal conditioning, you know, specifically in our case, female conditioning, um, you know, and that goes a lot to diet culture, right? And female conditioning and worrying about how you look and, and your weight and counting calories and all that kind of thing. It's essentially, that's, that's something that we've been conditioned. You're not, we're not born obsessing over our bodies. <laughs> we've been culturally conditioned and a lot of it is patriarchal con- conditioning, and it's just thoughts and beliefs that we have taken on through our upbringing, through religion. You know, a big one is actually through religion, through school. Religion really plays into like, I'm bad if I do this. Like I'm a, like, a, mm-hmm. a, like I'm really bad girl, you know, and you've mm-hmm. seen that on our coaching calls where people, you know, religion has really kind of twisted this perfectionist mentality within ourselves. Um, but the Bible was written by men, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So cultural conditioning is just thoughts and beliefs that we we inherited and we were not born with. Uh, nature, I believe, is who we really are and who we are meant to discover. And I always say it's not about becoming, you know, who you are meant to be, but it's about unbecoming, like unbecoming and letting go of all the cultural conditioning, so that you can tune into your nature, which is a lot of times the complete opposite of culture, right? And that is really strange at first because it's very counterintuitive to begin to follow your nature. So just to give you a little example of that, you know, my, how how I first, a, a good example that just stands out is I, was part of the family business before becoming a life coach, right? My whole, all my siblings were, uh, my dad owned the company and I was like, I was called to coaching and I could have followed culture, followed family, followed what I should be doing according to the cultural conditioning in my head and stayed in the family business. But something inside of me was pulling me towards the coaching business and you disappoint people when you follow your nature, which is why a lot of people don't do it. And we have a really difficult time tolerating risk and uncertainty and discomfort. So a lot of that's why I think a lot of people stay in culture because they think it's too much of a risk. But one of the things life coaching does is teaches you safety in outside of that by by increasing your capacity for uncertainty, for risk and for discomfort. So that's what I did. And it was, it was uncomfortable at first, but it ended up being one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And ultimately, I believe, guided me towards finally conceiving after eight years of trying to conceive because I, it was like, it built, like I said, it built so much trust in following nature and not getting caught up in culture that I just knew that that's how I was going to do life from now on. And, you know, making those decisions little by little led to the conception of my son. So yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> that's the long-winded difference <laughs> between culture and nature. 
But it's like basic. I feel like what I'm gathering, what you said, it's like you finally stepped into your integrity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, yes, it was. It wasn't easy, and it was challenging. But what? That's why people don't do it. It's so easy to follow culture. Mm-hmm. You fucking kidding me? You don't. Just, sorry, I don't know if I can swear, but you don't disappoint okay. people. You don't. You know you. You, you stay in that safe zone, that comfort zone of just being the quote unquote good girl and just following the rules. And that's why people have a really difficult time following their nature. But when we are not in our nature, we, we truly do, I believe, become weak physically, mentally, and emotionally. We don't know why. We're wondering why. That's why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think – and maybe this is helpful for other people or not, but I think that when I like came to you and started and decided then that I was going to work with you, I I think that that was like a huge thing that I was like struggling with is I was like, I had kind of already stepped away a little bit from some of the culture things, but like it was like, it's almost like chains that are like holding you back, like, right? Like they're, they are just there for years and years and years. And so it's hard to just like let them go yeah. when you've been told the opposite of that for years. Well, it really helps to find support, right? It really helps yes. to find a community of women who are doing it alongside with you so that you feel like you're not the only one. And you're, it, it, it's, it's life-changing to find a community of women who are doing it alongside with you. Yes, Besides absolutely. just doing it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, because the reality is that when you when – you, like when you do things by yourself, like I feel like you can make some progress by yourself. But if you truly want to see the life changing things that can happen for you, I think seeking out support from someone that is going to resonate with you and work well with you and finding that community, that's where like you're really going to thrive. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times women just want permission. Mm-hmm. We're just looking for permission to quit the job. We're just looking for permission to choose another path. We're just looking for permission to say no. We're looking for permission to ask for the raise. Mm -hmm. And it helps to have someone to say, you know, this is, you're, you're worthy of this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, like when I come to like our coaching calls, like sometimes I know like what you might say. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that maybe happens like after a while. For sure. But like, but it's sometimes it's like you just need to hear that like validation. Sometimes that's literally all women want from me. (laughs) They just want permission and I'm willing to give that. uh, Absolutely. But like you said, after a while, you learn how to give it to yourself for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dive in a little bit to like the mind-body approach to fertility because we know that we have like women that are in that fertility space listening to this. And so I want – can you just like describe that a little bit? Like what does that mean, the mind-body approach, and how do you use that? Yeah, it's it's essentially how our thoughts affect our body and how it affects our nervous system and either feeling unsafe or safe. And how that can obviously affect our reproductive system. Um, I, you know, with that being said, I also do believe that we can't always be blamed if it hasn't happened yet. Like, I do believe there's definitely magic and timing involved in the process of conception. But I 
I don't think that at any point on the journey, we need to be in complete and utter suffering when trying to conceive and that there are ways of utilizing, you know, the thoughts and beliefs that you have in order to, for your body to feel at peace and safe, even if you are still on the fertility journey. I think the issue a lot of women have while trying to conceive is thinking that I'll only find safety and security and relief when I get pregnant. And that's the biggest misconception on this journey. And that's really shitty to put on yourself because then there's so much pressure to make it happen. And it's also just completely untrue because circumstances don't come with automatic feelings attached to them. You have been on the calls where women get pregnant, announce their pregnancies, and they're like, I'm more anxious than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And so you see all of the problems that come up in pregnancy. Like the, the, the thoughts and the beliefs that kind of come up to the surface. So you've seen firsthand how it doesn't disappear, <laughs> even when you're on the fertility journey for a long time. And so the mind-body approach that I take is creating safety with thought, altering your, your, any of those thoughts and beliefs that are standing in the way of your body feeling safe, regardless of it being pregnant or not. Yes. Right? And Yes. And this is honestly like a, a huge message that I just feel like women need to hear is that like it, like pregnancy is not going to solve all your problems. 100%. Like, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's a sensitive topic. Absolutely. When we're on our coaching calls and, you know, because I, I do believe that the want is strong and it was for me too. It was a huge desire that I had, but there's a difference between a healthy, happy desire and a need, right? And the need feels tight. It feels like I'm nothing until it happens. I'm worthless until it happens. I'll only be valuable. I'm only allowed to show up to family events. You know, if I'm pregnant, that's a need. Yes. And completely untrue. A big fat lie. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's all stuff that like we just like make up in our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like your mind just takes it and like runs with it. Yeah. And then who's running the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was on a private like coaching you- call yesterday and was talking to someone. And she's like, oh, I just don't belong. You know, I went and, you know, they're talking about baby monitors. I had nothing to contribute. And essentially after a few, you know, a few minutes of coaching, it was like she realized I actually was just super bored of that conversation. Like I actually found it to be boring. I, I, I immediately labeled that as I'm not worthy. I'm not, you know, I'm not able to take a part of the conversation, creates this huge cycle of isolation. Meanwhile, the reality is she just was fucking bored of that conversation and didn't want to be a part of it and probably won't ever even when she is pregnant or has kids. <laughs> so there's this huge narrative of I don't fit in. I don't belong. I can't take up space. My friends suck. When really you're just a little bit bored in these surface conversations. <laughs> yes. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. No, like I'm bored of it. I told her, I was like, I cannot, I'm, you know, I've been through pregnancy. I've had my son, those conversations I can tolerate for like minutes. But if we go beyond like five, 10 minutes and we're going on and on, I'm just going to go find somewhere else to chat and sit. <laughs> Like, and I, I feel like the thing too, that sometimes like maybe women don't realize is like, just because you don't want to talk about those things doesn't mean that you don't want to be a mom. Or that you're a bad person. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. like this whole, 
you know, downward spiral of like, that's why you're not getting pregnant and blah, blah, blah. Oh my like, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Oh, that's like, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can go like things. that, right? Instead of just, yes. I'm actually intellectually bored right now and I'm craving more deeper conversations. So I'm just going to go to the next one. Yes. That is drama versus no drama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, I feel like when we're talking about the mind-body approach, so Serena and I talk a lot about, you know, food freedom and intuitive eating. And a lot of it is turning it back into, like, your body and really focusing on, like, how your body feels. And you meant, you made, you mentioned a couple of things, but, like, just how does that feel on your body? Yeah, the body and, compass tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and – a lot of times we are not taught, actually like practically 100% of the time, we are not taught to think about like how does your body feel? I know. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've worked with people that are uh, asked that and they don't know it for a while because they've been so numb living from the neck up. They don't even feel what their body feels like, which, you know, yes. there's no judgment upon that because – we haven't been taught. I mean, our society lives from the neck up. So yeah, the mind-body approach is really about tuning into the body and allowing your body to root you in the life that you want to create. And I mean, if we're not referencing our body and asking our body what it needs, not necessarily like, what do you want to eat right now kind of thing needs, but like, do you need rest? Do you need to get out? Do you need to move? Like, what is it that you need from that perspective? Do you need me to just like sense the inside of you right now and like feel your breathing, like feel my breath? And I don't know about you, but whenever I sense my body, I can feel all of my cells like giggle because they're like, hey, she's looking at us. She's staring at us. She loves us. Yes. Because when you start to actually pay attention to like what your body needs and your response is so different. Absolutely. Because you can't argue with that. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to yes. say? I'm not tired when you're falling asleep. <laughs> Your brain will, though. Your brain is that much of a liar, right? Yes. I'm not yes. tired. I'm not tired. While <laughs> you're like <laughs> almost snoring, right? That's just reminds me of when. So when I first started working with Spencer, I had a one-on-one call with her, and I don't even remember now like what the question was I even asked you. But like I just remember like you were just finally like I think you're just really fucking tired. <laughs> I was like burnt like, out. Yeah, yeah, and like like just stop. And it was like, I mean, that was life changing for me mm-hmm. because because you had no all the one guilt has ever around not being productive. Yes, yes, and let's be honest, it takes a long time to work around that because that that still happens. I think it's a it's a lifelong struggle, like for majority of our culture, right? And yeah. that's okay. You just notice when you're getting there and come back. Yes, it's almost like a well, it's almost like a compass. Just like when you talk about like your body compass, it's the same thing. Like you notice when you're kind of leaning a little much in one direction and then start to flip back the other way because you're like, eh, nope, I can tell I'm burning myself out again and slow down. Yeah, a big part of of this work is the self-compassion when you are starting to notice, shit, I'm getting a little caught up in culture. Like don't ever yeah. think that you're not going to be caught up in culture. Yeah. The difference is you're going to recognize it, show yourself love and readjust. 
not recognizing, yes. oh my God, you're so ridiculous. How did you do this again? What were you thinking? Like, you should know this by now, blah, 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 blah. It's more of that self-compassion piece, come back, realign. You know, when you forget yeah. to drink water, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. That's that perfectionism. Yes. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. We are not going to talk about that today. But that is where the, what that's stemming from is perfectionism. And yeah. I think most women on the fertility journey have some form of a struggle with perfection as well. Me but, too. Um, yeah. So, okay. If someone was to ask you, like, what is one tip you could give someone on the fertility journey? What would that be? I think it's what we talked about, which is creating safety within yourself through not knowing. You know, I think it's so interesting that you're on a therapist that's like, you want to cure your anxiety? We need a plan. It's like, to me, we need to, but and maybe that is a plan. A plan is being okay in the uncertainty, right? If you do yeah. want to take that planning approach. However, creating safety in not knowing, I think is probably the biggest life skill you can have in all categories of life. But the fertility journey is just the catalyst, like you had mentioned, because you don't have a choice, right? No. And, mm-hmm. and you know, one of, the, one of the easiest ways to do this, and I was on another private coaching call yesterday, she just said, is just being willing to say, like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and being okay with that. And being okay with that. Not needing to be in full 100% certainty, which is one of the biggest issues I think on the fertility journey is like, I have to believe. I have to think, I have to believe it's going to happen this month or else it's not going to happen. And I can tell you with, with full certainty on this that I never once got to that point. And every time I believed I needed to get there was when I hated myself. Because mm-hmm. that meant I, it was my fault if it didn't happen, right? Right. So the biggest skill I learned is being okay with not knowing while simultaneously also knowing that it would happen, just I didn't know when. Right. Right? And so yes. that is a skill, though. It's a skill. It's not something that you just decide to have. There are tools and 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 approaches you take to be okay in the uncertainty and it's an unfolding of a skill and yes. tolerating I think that's a, uncertainty. Yeah, that's a really really good point. Is it's not like Isn't you know, you're listening to this backwards though like from what every <laughs> other fertility person in the world says. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And that's why I'm like, whenever I feel like women are talking to me about food, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let's just, no, like it it doesn't have to be complicated. Let's not worry about it. Like that, because you ate the donut is not the reason. Like, right. Mm -hmm. But it is very anti-culture to say that to say you don't know or to be or to Mm -hmm. or to be able to to allow for safety within the uncertainty again and like when we move away from culture we are choosing uncertainty as we transition into nature potentially Mm -hmm. and so if you're not okay with uncertainty you're not moving into nature so you're just Mm going to follow culture all of your life yeah and and i mean and for some people, that's just like where they stay. But if 
if you're listening to this and this is speaking to you and you are like, I want to learn like how to get into this space and find this place where I am thriving. Spencer, do you want to kind of share where they can find you and connect with you and learn more? Yeah. So I have uh, the Fertile Ground podcast, which you can find on iTunes or Spotify. And I also just have one offer, which Susan is a part of. It's called Fertility Mind Body Mastery. And it's a six-month group coaching program in which we meet weekly and we have a ball and we go deep and we expand our capacity for receiving through everything that I just talked about. And it creates not only content within yourself, but there's lots of tangible results that happen as a result of it. And I think that's the beautiful, magical part of it is it's like, yeah, not only are you going to feel amazing, but you're going to create a lot of big, beautiful things in your life, baby included. So, <laughs> yes. yes, if you, you guys, I'm telling you, if you are ready to get beyond the surface level and like actually learn how you can feel good on this mm-hmm. journey, go find Spencer's podcast, like yes. binge listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's mo- that's what I get. I get so many messages of people who are like, okay, I found you and I binged every episode this weekend. I'm like, awesome. Cool. You and I are now best mm-hmm. friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. And well, I just want to say thank you so much for of coming course. on and sharing me. All of your knowledge and experience. And I am looking forward to continuing to work with you and grow. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, more women get this message out so we can help to change their lives too. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, Head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.